0: I know you're doing your best to drive down deep within the organization to the franchisees to make sure that everything is consistent across right. the board, even on the deliverables of education.
1: I think it's so important, and I've always felt this way, even as a public school teacher, administrator, that there's such inequitable access to education in our country and particularly early childhood education because you know there is no mandated curriculum there is no mandated policies or procedures there's no universal you know preschool and i'm not advocating for a universal preschool or that you know every school should look exactly the same
0: What is up, guys? How's it going? This is Sean French back at you with another episode of the podcast, The Determined Society. Today, guys, I have with me a special guest who just informed me. Funnily enough, she's never been on a podcast before, and I find it very, very tough to believe because this woman has been a lifelong public and private school educator, an entrepreneur, founder, and the owner of the Global child Early Childhood Schools and Care Centers. Uh, she's a juggernaut in her in her field and most recently the global child has been franchised and is offering opportunities for others to join the tgc team as owners i I think that right there speaks enough volume for this woman she's a dear friend of mine and you're gonna love her story today guys um you know for those of you that are listening uh, her story of success did not come without adversity and a ton of trauma But what she's done with her two boys is truly remarkable, and it should be an inspiration to every single parent and every single entrepreneur listening to the show. So without further ado, I want to welcome my good friend, Virginia Brown. How are you doing, sweetheart?
1: Hey, Sean. How's it going? I'm so happy to be here. Thanks so much. It'll be fun. I'm jacked
0: to have you on here. I literally cannot believe you've never been on a podcast.
1: No, I I don't know. It's not part of the podcast sort of path I've taken in terms of being, um, you know, marketing and Mm -hmm. showing um, what we do. Um, So I'm looking forward to exploring this world a little bit further.
0: No, I think it's really cool because there's a lot of mediums within the podcast world that you're able to get your message out amongst the educational community. So that'd be kind of one cool action item that, you know, we could look for getting you on a little podcast tour. That might be that might be a, a fun thing for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm a lifelong learner. I love to learn, obviously. Um, the more I can learn something, the more excited I get about it. So if, if anytime you want to mentor, I'm ready.
0: I, I love it. So, you know, it's funny because you said lifelong learner. So I want to have fun with that. Mm-hmm. What is the most interesting off the cuff thing you've ever learned in your life?
1: Well, I don't know if this is interesting or off the cuff, but I want to tell you right now that I've never once taken a business class. I've My entire education and experience Mm. has been in education and curriculum and educational leadership. And so to be able to move into the world of business and business development and entrepreneurship has been so exciting and stimulating to me. And that's one of the big reasons why I wanted to franchise TGC at the Global Child is because I, because it's. I honestly didn't even know that I needed a tax ID number to start a business. So <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but that's where I started. It was not the world I came from. And you don't often see business and education mesh or, mm-hmm. or mix for whatever reason. Um, it's almost like you know people in the business world don't really understand the education world and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I feel like I can bring that unique perspective because I've worked so extensively now in both fields to anyone wanting to build their own business, but still has that passion and love for education and doesn't want to leave education and working with children, but at the same time wants to be their own business owner, make their own schedule, you know, create, it. I use this hashtag a lot, you know, create the life you want, you don't have to do a nine to five job, you don't have to work in the public sector in a school building in a classroom every day to, um, you know, to work in education and be passionate about it. So that's what I'm trying to do. And that's sort of my
0: message. Well, I love it because you know I can tell you from the outside looking in, uh, you know exactly what you're doing, and it's interesting to me because, like you said, and 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 again, I'm going to echo this about never taking a business class. A lot of entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs that you and I both know in common, have never taken any business courses, and I'm and I'm wondering, I have my I have my theories on why they're successful and why you've been successful, but what's your take on that? Do you think it's like, because you're a self-starter, are you intrinsically driven or just hungry for more? What is it?
1: Uh, you know, Honestly, Sean, I think it's a combination of all those things. And I think some of those characteristics that you just listed are um, characteristics of entrepreneurs. You know, right. I you know, I, well, I do, I love to learn. So I know Lifeline Learner can sound a little cliche, but it's honestly true. When I'm in, put in a situation where it's something I don't know, I'm not afraid to ask questions. Another thing that I think has made me very successful in building the business is I am a big picture thinker. Mm. Um, I, and so I try to surround my people, myself with people who are really good at details because I'll say, okay, this is what I want to do. And then, you know, then I'll have my regional manager be like, what did you think of this? Did you think of this? Let's do it like this. Mm. And so I think, you know, being really collaborative, building that team around you is essential to my success anyway. Um, and kind of understanding and knowing your strengths and weaknesses and trying to find people that you can work with that you love to work with that have the same passion and energy as you it's not always easy but once you find that it's like Mm. magic so and i've been lucky to build that type of team um so that's what i would say um for me anyway has has been really helpful and successful
0: you know it's funny because everybody talks about you know the classic cliche uh, teamwork makes a dream work and it's a cliche because i think for a reason but like when you build something and I'm experiencing myself as, you know, we're experiencing growth in my business and I'm sure you can attest to it, but building an all-star team around you is paramount to your success. Because if you don't have people in your, in your orbit, right. That have the same vision, not just for you, but for your company, the global child, then it doesn't work. Right. So you have to be very, very careful in who you bring into your world uh, to, to be your partner in your, in your business and in your franchises. So um, tell me how you've worked through that.
1: Yeah. So um, essentially, you know, which I just, which we just talked a little bit about strengths and weaknesses of mm-hmm. different people. You know, you cannot be an expert in everything, obviously, and you cannot think you're an expert in everything. You know, I obviously have to have my attorney who does all my legal work, my accountant who does all my you know, all the accounting and all that type of um, my financials and all that. And I can't like, honestly, I can't do that. And recognizing what you can and can't do has also been a good learning process for me. I think a lot of times when you own a small business, the reason why you can't really level it up or expand it in a way you'd want to is because you feel like you have to be there 100% of the time because you don't necessarily trust the people around you. So for me, trust has been a really big piece, and I think because I worked so long in the public schools as an elementary principal, and then a district office administrator, I was able to really learn and kind of refine the process of hiring I think I'm a good read of people a lot of times, not always, you know, we've had plenty of times where the person just has not worked out and it was not a fit. Um, but because I own five company locations about to be six, one of them being in Florida, um, I obviously I'm not there at all the schools Mm -hmm. all the time. So I really work on the other side. Um, I enjoy visiting, I enjoy being there, but I'm not, you know, hands on into the day-to-day operations. I never see the big picture. So my site directors, my assistant site directors, my curriculum director, my regional manager, they're, the people that I trust. And I'm trusting them with my, my business and my life. And it's a business that you need a lot of trust in. You can't have anyone working in your schools, in your classrooms. Um, you know, it's not the same as, you know, um, you know, not that there's anything wrong with this, but it's not the same. as like making a sandwich where there's a prescription or a recipe every single day. So,
0: you know, yeah. it's, yeah. I, first of all, I love when you visit too, because, or you come to Florida because I get to see you and we get to have coffee together and talk yeah. about all these amazing locations and franchises that you're, that you're building and, you know, uh, converting that, you know, that those are always yeah. fun, but like, I, it's interesting because you're talking about uh, the the team that you're building. You have to trust and you can't be everywhere at the same time. And, and, and dude, to your point, it's super important because when you build that culture Right, yep. that culture, that corporate culture, that has to transcend down to every single franchise. Right, Absolutely. every single franchisee has to adopt that culture because that's the way that TGC is going. Right. What are some of the what are some of the uh, checks and balances that you have uh, to to make sure that that culture is consistent across the board?
1: Yeah, so that's been part of the franchising process, Sean. Um, We actually just recently developed a proprietary curriculum so that obviously with my background in education and curriculum development, I was involved in. But again, I also kind of sourced it out with some experts that are working right now specifically in early childhood curriculum. So that's one of the things is to to help us develop consistency on what we're teaching our kids and what we want our kids to know and be able to do when we send them off to kindergarten. Um, The other thing is, too, we have lots of policies and procedures, which, again, I'm not always a detail person, so typically I will have someone help me write those, and then I'll review them so I'm very knowledgeable about them, Um, so that can develop consistency, too. And again, similar to my company employees and the people that I work with in terms of my administrative team, I'm also... We also do vet the people that we choose to franchise with very carefully, and there's a process that we've developed to go through that um, to make sure they're the type of people that we want carrying on their, our mission mm. in all parts of the country eventually. So um, I think that's the way we've done that, is just really trying to develop some consistency in terms of policies, operations, educational um, delivery, and instruction. Um, and then there's a training process that every franchisee would go through where we would teach them, you know, my ideas and missions around hiring, around what TGC should be, the culture that we're trying to create for young children. Um, so yeah, through that training, um, training protocol or process, uh, they really learn what we are about and who I am, too. That's the other thing, too, that I think that's really important is I want to be a face of the company as much as I can't be every place, every time, every all the time. You know, I want people to know who I am, you know, what's important to me, um, you know, it's similar to, you know, you don't want to buy something that you don't. Have never even seen the owner of the company, and don't understand mm-hmm. what they're about or what their mission is. So that's really important to me. Developing relationships with people, helping people understand who I am and why they would want to either be part of our team and/or want their child to be a part of TGC.
0: it's really interesting. You talk about the you know the pre-qualification uh, checks and balances that you have in order to go through the process to see who you guys are going to bring. Up. Over, you know, under the umbrella of the global child. I think the one thing that you said was super that stuck out to me was delivery. Yeah. The deliverables. The one thing the, the things that I've noticed in in childcare and in school and education here in Florida is that a lot of times the curriculum could be great on paper. And when you go through the tours, right? And everything seems like, oh my God, this is the best place ever. And they have cooks on site. And then your kids come home starving right? And you find, you you see a picture they send you through some app. And I'm not telling you this is the the place where my daughter's at right now, because she's well taken care of. But there was a place prior to that, that they pride themselves on having such great food for the kids and the breakfast. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not shitting you. Okay. This breakfast was a quarter, it was a head of a banana and five Cheerios. And my daughter was coming home just pissed off at the world we couldn't figure it out i'm like oh my god this is horrible until we saw a picture she was hangry (laughs) she was so hangry and like lunch it was like two slices of ham and like and i'm telling like listen it was like like 280 bucks a week for this place we pay much more now um you know i'm not gonna say it on air but you know where my daughter's at because we're friends you know and um it's a great place i love it So if anybody from that place is listening, like, I love you guys. You're amazing. You take care of my family. You take care of my daughter. I'm cool. Yeah. But I think the the biggest issue is the delivery, the deliverables. Right. And, you know, the thing that I love about you, because I've I've, I've known you for a while is I know you're doing your best to drive down deep within the organization to the franchisees to make sure that everything is consistent across the board, even on the deliverables of education.
1: Yeah, and, and, and that's definitely an issue, and I guess that's another thing that I do like to talk about, too, and I just mm-hmm. recently did a post on my Instagram regarding it or about it, um, is, you know, I think it's so important, and I've always felt this way, even it's a public school teacher, administrator, that there's such inequitable Access to education in our country, and particularly mm-hmm. early childhood education, because you know there is no mandated curriculum, there is no mandated policies or procedures. There's no universal, you know, preschool. And I'm not advocating for a universal preschool or that you know every school should look exactly the same. But there's not sort of those um, checks and balances, for lack of a better word. I know we were just mm-hmm. talking about that in a, in a different uh, context. But because of that, my goal is really to be able to provide. In whatever way it is, whether it's at TGC, but it, or in at another place, some sort of consistency so that we know that all children have access to good quality um, early childhood education. Because, I mean, obviously, it's just research based and common sense, too. Mm-hmm. When children have good foundational starts, they're more successful in kindergarten. They're more successful in high school. They have less attention and focus issues. Um, they're socially and emotionally um, more developed and do better. So... That's one of my missions and another reason why I wanted to franchise. Um, when my late husband and I started this company back in 2011, you know, I had not necessarily thought of franchising, but I always knew I wanted to have one more location. And I always recognized, and it bothered me that there were such um, um, inequitables or inequi- inequi- it was just, we, There's just not access for all children mm-hmm be receiving the same type of experience. And that really bothers me. And so that's something that, you know, kind of that I'll continue as a mission and, and a reason why.
0: I love it. I'll, I'll tell you something um, as a parent too, if if your franchisees can always hold on to your mission and be happy where their feet are and be engaged with the kids and be engaged in the, in the educational process of the kids, right? Because a lot of times you can tell when a teacher doesn't want to be there, especially in the daycare setting. Yeah. I mean, that right there to me is like, that's, you know, you can tell when, you know, someone's like at a a dis as an, as an engagement of zero. Right. Right. Um, Right. So I think it's super important, you know, for for the kids to have somebody that's engaged with them. And, and I feel like also too um, for the parents, that's, that's super important. Right. Because, you know, you're dropping your kid off there every day. So it's, so, it's, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's an issue.
1: Yeah, it, it is. And so just to give you a little bit more context or give our, you know, our listeners today a little bit more um, context, when my late husband and I first started this school, um, my goal was I was an elementary principal at the time, you know, there were some things that I, that I really loved that were being done in the elementary school it was a K through two school. So still, you know, early, early childhood education, mm-hmm. um, not, not you know, preschool, but very young children. And at the time, our two sons were very young. And I had gone over to China and I'd seen some of the, like the hungriness of their children, the eagerness of their children to understand visitors and people from different cultures mm. and their desire to learn English. And that was one of the reasons why I started the program, because I wanted my children to have this type of experience or a certain type of early childhood experience. And it was very important to us that, you know, we provided, this for our own children and to know that they were going to have these types of exposures. And so now, um, what is it, 10 years later with, you know, five company locations and now franchising, that continues to be my mission and also to carry that through for my late husband too, because it was important to him too. So, um, you know, it started off of being something that I wanted to do for my children, for my children to have, but then in enabling to have as many children as possible have those types of experiences became really important to me.
0: You know, I'm glad you started mentioning that because that was something that we definitely wanted to work in here. Um, You know, your your late husband, Um, for those of you that don't know, um, Virginia's husband passed away. Um, What year was it?
1: Um, In 2015, he um, actually passed away quite suddenly with complications from cystic fibrosis.
0: Yeah. So it was a sudden, it was a sudden death, uh, leaving her and her two sons without a father. And this woman literally picked herself up picked her children up on her back and created um this dynasty that she's building with with her with her educational company now t- talk to me a little bit about that because you know a lot of people when they face adversity like that in their whole world right i mean your spouse you know although we fight with our spouses you know and it, it gets it gets contentious at times but but truly like without those individuals like when they pass, it's a different feeling. It's like, I I don't ever want to understand. I want to just be empathetic as possible because you know, I love you, but I never want to feel that, right? Um, walk, walk, Walk the listeners through that process, how you picked everything back up. And despite of possibly feeling broken and hurt, and and created this five company location and now franchising, because this is why this is important. This is why I want to really dig into this top, this specific piece right here. Because the problem with society right now in America is that the moment they face any type of trauma, or some of their hurt, whatever it is, someone pisses them off, they want to take their ball and go home and they don't want to play anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think my listeners and Americans seriously get something out of what you're about to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So my son and I were leaving for Argentina because he was playing soccer internationally at the time. And, um, my husband passed away that during the night that night, um, from, obviously I just had complications. Cystic yeah. fibrosis, um, he became sepsis, um, septic. And, um, so i mean at first obvious i mean this is a bit a process sean so i don't want to diminish anyone who's had trauma sure. um, or to this extent of trauma that is or i don't want to submit dismin- diminish their experience or and or say it's easy because it has not been easy it has been incredibly trying and we've had you know some pretty dark days at times sure. um but the one thing i knew or the one thing I came to do very quickly was that there was no way that I wanted my children to ever, like you just talked about, to ever feel like, you know, that there was a, this was some sort of excuse for not showing up every day, um, you know, for not like putting their best foot forward, for not achieving the highest potential they possibly could. And so um, we had a very strong support system. And that's great. And some people don't have that. And I'm so grateful for that. But at the end of the day, you know, you go home, to, you know, just half of a family, you know? And, it, and it's not that it's a negative thing. It's not, and, you know, some people have said to me, you know, well, you know, you shouldn't put out there, you know, that you're a widow. It might bother your children. But I've actually tried to embrace being a single mom mm-hmm. and what I've overcome, you know, as your your um, your brand name, The Determined Society, I was determined that my kids were going to have the best possible life that I could provide for them. And, you know, i wanted to be but in saying all that there were definitely times when i wasn't able to be present you know Mm -hmm. um, i would have been there but you know emotionally that was not a good day or you know you know obviously they've seen me cry they've you know we've had good and bad days but at the end of it and you know some people may fault me for saying this but i'm just going to say it because it's been my experience and this is what i can say you learn so much from what you go through. Mm-hmm. It's all about how you're going to deal with it. And I know that's all what everyone's was talking about around self-love and self-help right now. You know, you have two, but it's, it, you have two choices. You know, you can decide that, you know, you're going to quit. You're going to, you know, only be able to do so much because of your circumstances. And honestly, like if I can help anyone, at all, understand that that's not true, or it was not, has not been my experience. You can do anything you decide you wanna do. It just depends on how much effort you're gonna put into it and how many times you're willing to pick yourself back up. Um, I decided that working in the public school, uh, so for many, many years, I worked full-time as an administrator in the public schools and was running this business because my husband and I had started it together. And, you know, did I work long days? Yeah, you know, were there, Many times that my son got out of school at 2.15 and I couldn't pick him up until four o'clock. And, you know, I was juggling that. And there were days, did he have to stand outside in the winter time for like an hour while waiting for me? I mean, he wasn't in harm or anything, obviously. And, you know, sometimes I'm sure he could have sat in the school, but he wanted to sit there by himself. I mean, he wanted to sit there. But anyway, I decided I wanted to create a life that I wanted. And I wanted my boys to see that. I wanted them, you know, to see and know that they can do it too. And whatever happened to us, we would get through it. So that was one of the driving forces that kept me going every single day. And from that trauma, oh, I I was just going to say, you know, you learn something from every experience you go through. And honestly, sometimes I don't want to say things work out the way they're supposed to work out because that feels too sort of harsh and raw, Right, but I've had other opportunities that I would have never had, probably, if this hadn't happened to us. My children have had other opportunities, um, better or worse, no, but different opportunities right. that we've learned and grown from, and have, that have helped us heal. We've met new there's new people in our lives. Um, we've explored different parts of the country. Um, there's been a lot of things that have happened that have been opportun that we see as opportunities, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to role model that for them and teach them. These are our circumstances, but we're going to create opportunities and um, a new life out of it. So that's what I decided to do.
0: You know, I love that. And I just want to stop real quick and just acknowledge you for for Mm -hmm. doing that for your kids, for your two boys, because, you know, I'm connected with you, obviously, on a personal level. So I see the post of you guys on amazing vacations. I I know your son's going to play division one soccer, right? Um, I know your youngest son is going to a very good school is going to do the same thing. And to me, like, I always think of trauma as, and I, and I don't want to ever discount it either. So I, I, for those of you that are, are pissed off how I started this particular segment of the conversation, understand this. I think trauma is something that's real, something that happens to us. And Out of that trauma can come something so Uh, special—a person that who understands how to stay determined, driven, and disciplined, and come out on the other end, freaking unstoppable. And I, I think there's there's merit to that. There's we're you know people are getting awards for that, right? People are people are establishing themselves as a as a global brand, as as people of influence and entrepreneurs of influence. And yet, there's another side of the coin to where you can make the choice of not doing anything and sitting in that trauma the rest of your life and never becoming the individual that God intended you to be. Right. For right. me, that scares the absolute hell out of me. Like, exactly. I don't want to, I do not want to meet God when I'm gone and be like, hey, who's that guy you're walking with? Like, oh, dude, that's who you were supposed to be, bro. Like, nah, like, I can't, I can't do that. And so, like, I, I firmly believe that what you've done, done in that circumstance is build something so special and a true testament to who you are as a person i i think that many people can learn from that and from as a parent your kids they may not they might not see this way now because you know one's early teens and one's you know latter part of their teens but when they're in their 30s they're gonna look at you and you're gonna be their superhero so every parent listening right now or people that are aspiring to be a parent this part isn't about an entrepreneur isn't about entrepreneurship or sales or being a peak performer this is about how you handle yourself in, in in the midst of trauma and how you overcome it like you have a choice you can be the person the superhero your kids look up and aspire to be in the world or they can look up to somebody else
1: it's true and honestly like jack wants to work for the company someday he's going into business entrepreneurship he wants to work for the business so i know that they already do um you know respect what i'm trying to build and Mm -hmm. understand it um but again and i just want to just step back one more second though sean i just want to reiterate what you were saying this is not to diminish in any way what people go through it's a process and it, I mean, I'm 10 years out, well, seven years out, mm-hmm. but it's been a process. And there's been, you know, I said this before, but, you know, I understand that. And if any way I can help other people going through that type of thing, you know, I would love to do that. That's, it's, that would, that would be like, that would really make me feel as though I was influential. Um, yeah. But yes, being a role model to our kids is essential, and I know you talk about that too, Sean, a lot. That you know your mission and your why, and the why you, why you are so determined and consistent, like getting up at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs>
0: I'm <laughs> which exhausted, I,
1: which I can't do. What I wish I did um, uh, is so important because you know. And do we make the right decision every day? Are we perfect? Hell no. Oh my god, no. Like I mean, there's been times when my kids like are kind of looking at me, shaking my head, shaking their head, being like. And, you know, I've had to apologize for them for for whatever reason, you know, we're we're, none of us are perfect. But if you can get up every day and, you know, do the best you think you are able to do and just keep on going, keep on pushing forward. Um, and, And if you can stay consistent and you're determined and, you know, one of my top administrators in my company, we always say we will not fail. Like Mm -hmm. there's no way we will fail. There's two choices. We can, you know, is there going to be adversity or is there going to be challenges or is it going to be like, Oh God, I can't believe that happened. And are you really upset about it? And like, you know, are your financials not going to look the way they want to, because you just lost a director or a key employee or whatever. Yeah. but You just rebuild. You just, you just, just, we're not going to fail. So that's not a choice. So you just rebuild. And that also, I think that's taught the trauma that I went through losing my husband. I think has also taught me that we don't fail. You just rebuild.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that's important when you get into entrepreneurship or anything like this. It's um there's there, there there's no plan B. And yeah. I and I've said this before, and people have misinterpreted it and slid into my DMs aggressive as fuck. I'll be like. What do you mean? There's no plan B like plan B isn't for quitters. Like you, what about, you're supposed to have multiple streams of income on the like, guys. You don't, you're not, you're not understanding what I'm saying. No. What I'm saying is there's no plan B meaning um my business and your business is going to be successful period okay, in a the story. Period. There's no, there's no like, well, if it doesn't work, then I have this like, right. no, no, no. This is like Hernan Cortez in the boats we're burning the ships right we're leaving no method retreat the only way we're going home is in their freaking boats and that's what entrepreneurship is i think that's what anything is that you're trying to achieve i don't care if you're shooting to be a a a, a number one um draft pick for the nba right you you can't think that there's another option right you're not
1: gonna just decide to play rec
0: (laughs) yeah Exactly. So listen, I want to land the plane because if I if I could sit here all day with you and chat, I would. This is yeah. incredible. And now I do want to acknowledge you because um, you're an absolute natural at this. Like, you need to be on more shows because um, I, I have no doubt in my mind that some, some people in education are going to be listening to this and they're going to wonder how in the world can they look into being a franchise owner for the global child? So let me ask you a quick question in an effort to support you and my listeners to support you. If they are interested in two things, one, uh, where, where are the locations right now? So that if they live in those areas, they can look into your school for their children. And then two, how are some of the ways that they can get in touch with you so they can possibly, um, become a franchise owner?
1: Yeah, great. So, really simple. Um, the best resource to get in touch with me really quickly is on our website. Um, the, all the information, all the preliminary information about franchising is also on our website. It's www.globalchildschool.com. Um, so, that's simple. Um, I'm on Instagram as Virginia Ganthier Brown, and we also have a Global Child Instagram account. Um, our, we have four company locations right now, currently in Connecticut. Um, I live just north of Boston right now, but we're opening a new location in Ostero. Um, mm-hmm. we don't have an exact date yet, but it's basically done. Um, I'm really, really excited and we'll do a big announcement as soon as it's completely finalized. We're working on the application right now for licensing because when you do change. The ownership. Um, and then we have another location too, which um, I will disclose very soon, but it's still kind of in the works and I always had to hesitate to say it before it's done because I feel like it jinxed it. It it.
0: I feel you on that one.
1: (laughs) So um, yeah, so our goal right now is we're franchising right now in Connecticut. Um, We have a brand new, and I'll be announcing that probably pretty soon too, in Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Florida. I had to kind of pick some locations. I'm going to be spending a lot of time in Florida um, in the next six months to a year um, because of the new schools and trying to get them up and running. And I just feel like Florida is a great place to be right now. Really franchise friendly and great for small businesses. And um, my mom's from the South, in case you can't tell, I kind of have like the little Southern, like, (laughs)
0: Um,
1: so I'm looking forward to getting down there more and spending more time in the South. So,
0: that's awesome. I, I I can't wait. And and guys, um, don't worry about remembering the website link, her Instagram handle for the business or her personal Instagram. What I'm going to do is when I do the show notes, that I'll include that. So um guys, all you gotta do is go to the show notes. It's there, you know, and then and then go find her. Um I, I, I think, think
1: Google the Global Child too. Yeah. And then, you know, any anytime, even if you want to talk about trauma, my husband, entrepreneurship obviously I like to talk, uh, franchising, um, you know, send me an email, send me a DM. I, yeah. I, I liked, I want to be inspirational in some way.
0: Well, you are, you absolutely are. I think a lot, I think the, the listeners probably got a lot about a lot out of what we spoke about today. So, um, kind of the last question, um, I have for you, what can I do to best support you?
1: Well, you and I have talked a lot um, about ideas and I think we'll continue to brainstorm those Mm -hmm. things. Um, Obviously I'd love like a coffee buddy and I can't wait to meet your wife when I get down to Florida and your area. Um, I think too, maybe just helping me spread the word through ways like this. And again, I love to learn. So the more I can um, be a part of either podcast or publications or, you know, some of the work that you're doing, um, all that great and you know obviously just being my friend is awesome
0: too hey you know it you definitely got to get in some press though for sure (laughs) yeah yeah. um i do know some tv personalities here um so um when it comes time and you're and you're ready to rock and roll with that Astero location maybe i can get my contacts there to do a segment on you that'd be oh that
1: would be great that'd be fabulous that'd be be awesome that'd be really
0: cool so um with that being said guys you know listen thank you so much for listening today uh virginia is an absolute wonderful human being and amazing mother and a successful entrepreneur and more than anything though guys she cares about human beings and that's why she's my friend is because she gives a shit about other people um in, in such a genuine way and there's a lot of people out there that talk about how they care about people but um it's it's typically easy to see through that and um you know she's not one of those people she's an amazing person so if you got something out of this show um uh, please share it out um you know, pay it forward, uh, spread the word, not just about this podcast, but about the global child. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. If we said something that made you laugh, share it. If we said something to piss you off, share it too. But more than anything, if we sucked, don't share it. You don't have to, <laughs> but I know we didn't suck. So until good next question. time, guys. It's
1: my first try. Yes, hey, <laughs> you, know, it,
0: it, you know, it's it was a rough draft and I think it was really, really good. It's going to come out great. And uh, anyway, guys, until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Dude.
1: Thanks, Sean.